I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my teen business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Get a free copy of Chantel Ray's Five Alive contract, the form that she has her agent sign to get a guaranteed $75,000 salary if they don't make it in commissions. A very controversial plan that's happening in her market today. You can get a free copy. Just text contract to 444-999 or go to hybendigital.com backslash contract. That's hybendigital.com backslash contract or just text contract to 444-999. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, I have a super, super, super educated and well how do you say well known or well connected let's say well connected human being here in the (laughs) real estate world a second time he's been on the show i believe and this time he has uh come back with some very very specific meat and potatoes you know for you guys essentially i invited matt wagner from radio and television that's experts back because you've probably seen many of the agents I know we've probably had probably over 20 on this show you've probably seen many of the agents that that Matt works with because they do very cool ads with Barbara Corcoran and they're working with one with Gary Lavox lead singer of Rascal Flats and various celebrity features, Sean Hannity, and these guys post them on Facebook. So you're like, oh, cool. How'd they get that hookup? Well, this is how they got it through radio intelligent experts. It's a 28 person firm that does nothing but help real estate agents blow their business up. And so rather than coming on and doing a 45 minute commercial on the show, I asked Matt to come and give us some really good meat and potatoes. I said, what are the top 10 things you've learned from managing and from masterminding with the top 200 real estate agents essentially in the world what what are you learning from them and so he actually took some time out and mapped out a a, a little outline here and we're going to go over it so uh, he calls it traits of growth champions so at this point i'm going to just shut up and uh, let matt speak so matt welcome back Hey, Pat. Hey, listen, man. I'm so honored to be here. I know you've done a fantastic job. I've been listening to your posts regularly, and your podcasts are great. You ask great questions. You pull great content. And, you know, this was a fun challenge because, you know, so often when I'm asked to speak or I'm, I'm on panels, all I'm talking about is radio and TV, which, of course, I love. That's obviously my favorite topic. But, you know, over the years, and I know you've attended my masterminds too, you learn so much by watching. You know, radio and TV is just the start of it. I, I like to say I make the phone ring, but what I really love watching is how people implement, how do they build systems, how do they build their business, and what are traits that make them great implementers. Anyone who's worked with me knows I tell people frequently the two words that will change your life are humble implementation. Oh, hum- I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. You know, if, if I nailed it down to two words, those would be the two words humble, I would say. Humble implementation. This is good stuff, and we're not even starting on the, uh, your <laughs> top 10 traits, but dig deeper into humble and dig deeper into implementation. 
Very simple. It's humble enough. I remember, and I, and I got to give you props, man. This is like our anniversary. You opened my eyes because you got me into star power back in the day. And it, you and Greg Newman, and I love Greg, San Diego boy. And I remember what he told me, and that's where the humble comes from. Because Greg told me the very first star power he ever went to when he sat between – he thought he was hot stuff because he sold 200 homes a year. And he sat between two guys. I think it was um, – gosh, who was it? Out of Detroit. Ah, who Detroit, was it? Detroit, Michigan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably David Crockett. No, no he's no. out of Ohio. Yeah. He's out of no, near was, Cleveland. Uh, I'm thinking Detroit, it, Cleveland, same thing. Anyways, he sat between two, two heavy guys. hitters and it just hey, blew hey, his mind. Kills. Yeah, he's like 800 deals, and the other guy did 1,200 deals. And uh, he goes, yeah, I work part-time. So <laughs> that, it was great. Yeah. But what, what I find interesting is when I watch people, like, like Greg, when they see people doing more business, people, it starts with being humble. The, the, some people will fold their arms and start reading their resume. Other people will say, how do you do that? What did you do to get to that level? So they're curious. They're humble. They're willing to learn. And then the implementation is the other part. You could have some people that go to all these masterminds, all these conferences, they come with a page of notes, and they don't implement anything, and they wonder why they're parked at the same production every year. Mm, yeah, so yeah. The, Humble. The, the, I love that. Humble implementation. So, guys, listen. Here's the deal. If you want to learn about uh, radio and TV, go back to episode 92. Man, that, that is digging in the archives there. We're almost at 500 <laughs> now, Matt. So you were one of the first 100 uh, people to come on the show. But go back to 92. It's still a classic. It's awesome. It's got everything you need to know about radio and television. We go over some specifics on how to get more business with radio and television, what to say, what not to say. Good stuff, number 92. But today... We're going to talk about the traits of growth champions. You got 10 of these suckers learned basically from just hanging out with real estate agents, the best of the best. Number one, you have, they know and love their why. I don't understand that. Uh, talk to me about what that means. Well, I remember Simon Sinek, great. If you ever want to go on and, and learn from someone through his pot, through his stuff, he's great. He did a whole thing on what, on what is your why and it really starts back to why are you doing this? Why are you in real estate? Why did you get into it? Why do you love business? Because if you don't understand your own why, why you're doing this, it's very hard to get somebody else on your on, on board. And so that's the first thing. They not only know themselves, but they know why they're doing this. They wake up every morning with that why, that burning passion in their hearts, why they love doing what they do. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I read the book. It's an awesome book. Great dude. All right. So let's go on to number two. Uh, they don't live in the past. Uh, talk to me about this. So they don't live in the past, but they embrace the now. You know, you sometimes you run across agents that still have their high school graduation picture for their, for their marketing picture, you know, from 20 years ago. That's a whole other subject. But especially now, you think of the last two years, think the last two or three years, how Zillow has changed the world we, we live in, how Yelp has changed the, the, the real estate game, how, you know, internet marketing. You know, I read a statistic that shows 70% of people use their phones while they watch TV to surf the net. So a common thing I even do at Masterminds, I ask people, pull out your phone, Google search yourself. What do you see? Are you easy to find? Is everything on your website that, that, that's you know, able to access? So many people ignore that one simple fact because they're living in the past. They, for, they think that people will, will just call a phone number or, or will look at it on a, in a directory of some type. You know, then they don't realize that where people are going right now and even understanding how millennials think, you know, and how they're searching the web. So they're, the people who are making real fast growth are studying the trends of online uh, viewing, viewership right now. Wow. Okay. They're really hyper-focusing, catching the next wave, so to speak, right? You know, what, what is going to roll downhill, as I like to say? What is going to be easy, right? Easier, you know, than just doing the same thing that worked last year. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Number three, they know the difference between hearing and humbly listening. Yeah. And I actually quoted, if you notice, one of, one of my favorite Howard Britton quotes that I think is eternal, the comments, step out of judgment and step into curiosity. You know, so many people, 
they they think they know what listening is because they're hearing, but listening is actually taking in, digesting, not judging, but being curious, asking more questions. You know, it's so funny. You run into people that it, some of the most I think of people like Chris Heller. I think of people like Lance Loken. I think of people like Andrew Duncan, Marty Hampton, people that are near the top of, the, of their game for the biggest companies. And they listen. They, they, they know how to shut up and just say, Matt, what do you think? I remember one time I was actually with Chris Heller at a Barbara Corcoran shoot a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. And so I asked him, I said, Chris, I know because you can't really, I'm not a paid vendor of KW. I can't really publicize a quote from you on my website like i'd like to hmm. but i said what would you tell somebody you know why you work with me he said you know what you know what you're talking about and i trust you and you make me money <laughs> it's like you know what here's right. a guy bottom who, line right yeah who just listens you know he just he doesn't judge he, he hears it out he makes smart decisions he weighs out the dollars but but that's the thing is just being able to stop and realize there's other people that know more than you do in certain categories and even I got to take my own medicine at times, listen to a business coach and say, you know what, maybe I do need to improve in this area. So, and, but whereas other people, it's interesting when I look at people sometimes that, that are still hovering at that same business level for a lot of years, you try to give them advice, you try to point them in the right direction. You go, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Yeah, I know. And it never goes anywhere. So sometimes just the, the ones that make advancement, they, they just simply, they listen they trust people and they implement and they grow. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, we just had Chris Heller on the show a few episodes ago. And, and it is absolutely amazing how he runs his team business and still runs a giant company like Keller Williams as the CEO and, and still buys investments and still, you know, does all that he does. I, I don't know how he does it, but uh, proper leverage, obviously, proper leverage. So. <laughs> It's interesting, though, that he couldn't. I guess he couldn't. It's too political huh, for him to give you a quote uh, without you having to pay a fee for it. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's – hey, look, it, it's, he's, the, he's the CEO of Keller Williams. I mean, uh, you know, with, when you start yeah, getting – Yeah, it is the, what it is, uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? We've been friends for eight years, and, you know, he, he's always been terrific. And, you know, just being able to call him a friend is an honor. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Okay, so next one. You say they are disciplined – implementers the word try is not in their vocabulary they do or they don't <laughs> i like that they do or they don't tell me about that hey that that goes back to star wars baby with yoda when yeah when the famous episode there is no try there is a do, <laughs> you know but it's true and, and i i gotta give out a shout out to bob corcoran because bob this is if you ever go to any one of his amazing boot camps or training he actually punishes you and, and you get a stick i think you have to wear the helmet and with the big try with an with it with a slash through it and the whole point is we, we try as an excuse when they say well i'll try to do it it's giving yourself an out you're either going to make an effort to do it or you're not going to make the effort to do it and that's the thing. You find people that when you say dis, I used to just say humble implementation, but I really could say disciplined implementers because it takes discipline to do it. You've got to say no. I am going to. I'm going to do this. I don't care how I'm going to do it. And I'm, it's it's not a matter of if I'm going to try. No, I'm going to either going to do it or not do it, one way or the other. And I I see that decisiveness with the top leaders consistently. Yep, hundred percent. I agree with that one. That's how it rolls, right? Yeah, and and you know that's a big thing with kids, and it's kind of a cliche coming from their parents. There is no try, but I do believe that, and I know that I said that over and over again when my kids were little. You know, I hated that word, right? I hated that word. Okay, so it uh, looks like number five here. You say they realize who their real number one competitor is. It's not who you think, right? It's their ego. <laughs> They're limiting beliefs. They embrace the success of others rather than take offense to it. You know, that's fascinating, right? That in and of itself is fascinating. When you think about someone else's success, what is your internal uh, reaction? What does your physiology uh, do in, the, in, in that case? Do you want to meet them and ask them questions or does it make you mad, right? They recognize that they can't do everything and surround themselves with experts 
and trust them by giving them freedom to be great. Kind of couple, yeah. I mean, it, I was going to say it's two different things, but it's actually one in the same because you're you're realizing who's better than you, and then you're embracing that. So, talk to me about that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, we get that all the time, and and and, and trust me, I mean, I, I've even had it in my own business, you know, competition. But the, the point is that you can sit and stare at other people, and you can worry about other people. But over the years, if you keep innovating and you keep making yourself get better from it, it I remember one of my favorite scenes of uh, of the Italian Job, you know, with Mark Wahlberg when yeah. it, when when he when he sneaks in and 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 uh, they send Cherise Theron in to like you know, like uh, be a spy on Ed Norton, and then Ed Norton discovers who Cherise Theron is. She's a she's a spy, and Wahlberg shows up and punches him in the face, <laughs> and he goes he goes, you know, that's your problem. You're always thinking on the on the defensive, not the offensive. Mm. And the lesson is, if you keep coming with fresh ideas and you keep improving yourself, you know, innovators don't have to chase. Innovators stay ahead of the game. If you're only copying someone else's success, you're only going to go as far as that other person. And so, whereas when you innovate and you keep, you know, improving yourself, then you don't have to worry. Because other people will have to keep chasing your tail. And you know what? And your own satisfaction because you know you're doing the best you can. And you know what? You, that's, it's a lot less stress when you keep getting better. Yeah. It's a lot less stress when you keep getting better. You know what? That's true, right? You want to improve your circumstances. The only way to improve your circumstances, really, at the, at the end of the day, the only way to improve your circumstances is improve yourself first. It's true. You well, know? even Mark Cuban, one of, one of Cuban's favorite quotes is keep working 24 hours as if there's someone working 24 hours a day to, to take what you have. Yeah. And if you take that mindset, mm. it's not that you're worried about somebody else, but you're worried about you make yourself. You look in the mirror, you say, what can I do to improve? And I, and I, you know, I, I think of over the years, if I would have kept doing what I initially did, I'd probably be either out of business or I'd be very limited because I would only do one aspect of radio. But you know, it got me better. I started doing live commercials and I started doing, you know, endorsements with Hannity. And then I started doing endorsements with Barbara, you know, and now Gary LaVox or Rascal Flats. you know, all those things. I just keep trying to say, how can I do it better? How can I improve? And, you know, and, and that way you keep adding and you keep improving. And that's all you, you can't worry about other people. But if you focus on yourself then you know what, then you're not going to fall behind. That's crazy. And, you know, here's the cool part about this conversation, Matt. So you are surrounded by two, I mean, you deal with, right? Because you're like, you have 28 people at your company, but you and I had a conversation before this. And I said, you know, what is Matt's role? And, and pretty much every new real estate agent that comes on with radio and television experts, you have some interaction with, right? You're talking to them in the beginning. You're like the listing agent that goes out and gets the listing. We have a team that helps deal with all these radio spots and helps deal with these stations and televisions and, and celebrities and things like that. But Matt Wagner is the guy that gets to know the customer. And you've learned from 200. It's not like a random poll of five people. 200 top real estate agents. Again, not a random poll of successful people, but a random, a, a very highly targeted group of the best real estate agents in the country. So guys, if you're listening to this, success leaves clues. These 200 people, they have these 10 traits. They're doing what Matt is saying here. And what I'm going to do, too, is I'm going to put, if it's okay with you, Matt, because you typed this up, I'm going to put this up on highbendigital.com backslash Matt Wagner and the number two, Matt Wagner and the number two. Everything we talk about, I'm going to put up there, Matt's show notes, his contact information, but I'm going to put this list up there. So if you guys want to, it's just a basic WordPress list, nothing fancy, but uh, I'm going to put it up there. So if you're driving a car and you can't write these down, it'll be there for you. This is really something you need to print out and put on your cork board and strive to have all 10 of these traits. So cool. uh, let's jump in to number six, right? They, they view failure as opportunity to learn and improve. Best growth spikes have come. And I'm going to ask you to dig deep, maybe give some story on some real estate agents. Now that's number seven. I think number six about 
they're not afraid to fish in ponds no one else is fishing in. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's finish this one and we'll go back to that one. So their best growth spikes have come on the heels of disappointment. Get better, not bitter. So tell some tell me a story about an agent maybe that you dealt with where their best growth spikes have come on the heels of disappointment. Get better, not bitter. I think um, I remember when I remember when the real estate market tanked and it was 2008. And I remember um, Curtis Johnson in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Remember we were having a conversation. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, he talked about how man home values dropped from like 350 thousand to like 180. 150 125 i mean it was just like what do you do <laughs> what a disaster right i mean but i but i but i noticed he made sure he surrounded himself with smart people and he surrounded himself with with positive people and then when i asked him cuz he still was spending good money on radio and, and tv and and, and we we're doing all that and i said what is it that's really driving people what do you see is making the big difference and i remember he said you know we're all positive in the in the um, office, he goes. Whereas all the other agents they're talking to around town are all doom and gloom, you know, and negative. And it's just amazing how keeping the the office culture, office morale positive. And again, he's still implementing innovative things to be one up on the market. So he's showing people what a contrast it is, how scary it is if you're not working with the right agent. Um, I think of Justin Haver in Calgary. He lost 120 transactions last year. Mm. That put some people out of business, but he also sold over 500 transactions, you know, but he was just determined to be positive. He brought different agents in, in, in his office. Um, he just surrounded himself with positive people. And I think he sold, he was like two units shy of being the number one unit agent count in all of Canada for, for Remax. And there was a couple deals here and there that may have been counted, but shouldn't have been counted. But regardless, here's a guy selling over 500 units. And not let himself get down, but allowing his circumstances to make him better and not bitter. And that's someone taught me that in life. You know, off my, I think it was a, a it was after a relationship. I think Chad Goldwasser, one of my your good buddies, um, my good buddy. And I remember I was right after a bad relationship, mm. and I heard that. And you know what? I looked in the mirror. I got better. And that's when I met my wife six months later. Wow. That's crazy. Get get better, not better. That's uh, you know we have we have so much common connections. I know Chad and I just cut a course that is available now called "101 Ways to Create Free Leads." If you're listening and you haven't uh, taken a look at this course, you could use the promo code podcast, and I'll give you fifty percent off just for hearing this episode with Chad Goldwasser. 101 free ways to create real estate leads. So, and then Justin, you know, we had Justin on the show way back, episode 17. I need to get him back on again because it sounds like he's, you know, made some big jumps, I'm sure, in the last three years since that episode. Justin, he, man, he's just an awesome guy that just is, it just uh, amazes me, his commitment to staying positive and just a phenomenal, and very, very smart, one of the smartest tech guys I, I've ever encountered in Canada or the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. All right. So now let's go back to they aren't afraid to fish in ponds. No one else is fishing in and to dominate the pond. But they do their homework before diving in and invest time before investing money, i.e. expansion, side projects. I prefer prospects to spend time with other rate members. That's radio and television executives, right? A member, well, rate clients. Rate clients, yeah, yeah right, right, right. Other rate members to learn how they fully implement and uh, timeline for success so they can share best practices on radio and television, obviously, uh, when they're with you. But now, I'm, 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 so, you know, you pique my curiosity here, and I love talking about this. I always have, I love where there's two sides to every coin. Um, you know, we've had a ton. You know, Kristen Cole was on, um, who runs Expansion for Keller Williams. I've had the Five Doors team on. We've had a lot of the big expansion agents on. Lisa Archer was on. And you're saying here, you know, as when you're talking essentially about squirrels, about um, agents being ADD, and I'm reading into this, about agents being ADD and kind of doing all these little side projects, i.e. 
writing a book or, or, you know, doing a podcast or yeah. whatever. I mean, it, it is what it is. I agree with you a hundred percent as, as does uh, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan other, otherwise they wouldn't have written the one thing. It would have been called the four thing. You're saying expansion is a distraction kind of uh, for some of these top agents. And they learn how to focus on where all the money's coming, which is, you know, as everyone will rightfully admit, the mothership. It's a, You're going to make the most money from the home base, the mothership. Talk to me about this. What's your opinion on this, Matt? Well, that's a it's a very sensitive subject. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. I mean, I mean, you know, it's a it's a free world, you know, and, and, and I want you to feel free to, you know, since you own your own company and you're not governed uh, and you don't coach people on expansion, I want you to feel free to, to talk. No, absolutely. I mean, and I, and I say that because, you know, e- expansion, I've watched agents I've, I've have some success with it. I mean, I work with Adam Hergenrother, you know, who's launched a couple of different cities very successfully. Hashtag Herglife. Uh, yeah. And I've also seen other people crash and burn with it. Because they've gone into a market, they didn't have the right who, uh, as as has been commented on, and they didn't, and they look back, and this is them telling me, not me, you know, telling them. But they say, you know, yeah, yeah, looking back, they go, you know what, we we should have done our homework better, we should have really known what we were walking into, and we should have found the right person. And you know, now there's a lot more people you can kind of quiz, you can talk to, you can really study their example to see how to do it. I know in, in our world, I get some guys that have the mothership, as you like to say it. They're very successful with our systems. But what sometimes they don't realize is you can't take and duplicate what I may have done for them with radio and TV into a different market if there's already somebody utilizing the same assets in those markets. It's just different. The relationships are different. It's it's not, if especially if I've got someone in that market, it's not me being selfish. It's just that I've seen other agents try it. They try to go in and, and use secondary stations or other options that really aren't the strongest option. They waste a lot of money. Or if that agent isn't invested in cultivating the relationships that they may have in their home market, it doesn't have the same impact. And they can hemorrhage a lot of money in the process. So, And I've also seen people take on side businesses that they've tried to launch and side products. And if, if they take their eye off the ball – off their own, their own business tends to really start to suffer, and then they, then they then they lose traction there. So I've just I've watched the good, the bad, and the ugly. The people that I've seen really succeed at it, they find the right person, and they do their homework, and so they, they have that right combination on that secondary project. But they really they, they they don't dive in. They really take their time, do their homework, research it, and, and they do it right. You know, and that's and that's probably the best thing I could say as far as observation. At Rebus University, we seek out the best practices of today's top real estate agents and travel around the world to film them and bring them to you in an educational format. Listen to what one of North Carolina's top Remax agents has to say about our new certified listing program. Hey, Pat, this is Buddy Blake with REMAX Essential. Uh, it's been a little while since we talked, but I wanted to call you and thank you and your team at uh, Rebus University. We did the Listing Agent University and Listing Specialist course. I did it myself months ago, and I will tell you that that was one of the most informative systems I've ever done. It is meat and potato stuff versus the theoretical bullcrap that you see people say and do, and certainly you go to all these conventions and people show you all these whiz-bang new ideas. This was real in-the-trenches stuff, and uh, I use it myself, and you may not even know it, but we use it for my team. I have a team of about 10, and before I allow buyer agents to take on new listings and become listing agents per se, be able to do listings, they are required to go through this course. Also, we've expanded it out. I have five REMAX offices, and we've got over 100 agents in our company, and a good percentage of them are now taking this course as a training program, especially new agents that we've onboard that are brand new into our system. 
we require them before they can go on their first listing appointment to take and pass this entire course. It is the best thing that's out there right now. And I want to thank you for putting it together. I'm looking forward to getting involved with some of the other courses and really looking forward to maybe a buyer agent course. That would be wonderful. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to work with your team. Thank you for taking the time to put it together. It was absolutely fabulous, Pat. Thank you so much. And I just hope you know how much you and your organization means to us. Thank you. For $200 off this program, use coupon code CLA200. The Chantel Ray Five Alive program is now public. Yes, now anybody in the universe can find out what goes on behind the scenes, what the step-by-step procedures are, and what she is doing to grow so many agents making well over six figures a year. For a copy of this program, go to rebusuniversity.com and get $200 off with the coupon code 5ALIVE200. 5ALIVE200. I'll give you 200 bucks off, which is a smoking deal that others will not get, I promise you, in the future. 5ALIVE200. Just the number 5 and the number 200. At rebusuniversity.com. Okay, so number eight, they know the value of their time and how to maximize it. Now, I want you to give some specifics, like what is the maximum value of a top real estate producer's time? So, for instance, and this starts really at the core, you know, when you see a lot of agents stop going on listing appointments, they stop doing the other, they, they ask themselves, and this is a discipline, this is where I had to really grow. I mean, mm. you know me when I was, me and, me and I think two other people on my team, but I finally, I had, to, I had to apply my own medicine, where you finally have to start doing, saying, okay, write down all your day activities and asking yourself, what of this could I delegate and how can I delegate it? To where the only thing you're doing are the most dollar productive activities. Mm. And, and so I think that just starts from the ground up. And, and it, you have to keep asking yourself that because you can get very distracted very quickly with a lot of these side things. And it, that applies at all different levels of business. When I look at people like, you know, Chris Heller is a great example. You said, how does he do it? He is a master at time blocking. I mean, that guy, when, we, when we've had meetings, it is 10 to 15 minutes. We, we bang it out. We get a lot done because he comes in with an agenda and he comes in with his list. And we stick mm. to it, hit it. Or other people, I know Lance Loken's a great time manager. You know that way. You know when we do talk, we plan out. We have we have appointments. We have our list together, and and we go over it. And that's and it's very simple. But we we really maximize our time that way. And you know, there's a lot of people who can get very distracted. Especially the more successful you get, the more interviews people ask you to do, the more people want to come and see your office, the more people want want your time. And you've just really got to be disciplined enough to to you know to max to master it. And that's, I know that's kind of general, but I think the, that, that, I guess it's just so, it, it's ongoing. You never have to stop evaluating that. I mean, you, you were there, right? I mean, you went to where you had a seventh level business. I'm sure you could share a lot on that subject. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we've had guests on the show that say, basically one guy said he, he can't remember who it is, but he said he set his uh, phone to buzz every 15 minutes. And then when it buzzed the, you, you know, the, the timer on it, he reset it. So it was resetting it throughout the day for like the nine hours that he worked. And then when it buzzed, he wrote down what he did the last 15 minutes. And it came to realize that, you know, so much of his day was non dollar productive because he had to go back through that list and say, you know, uh, did I make money with these activities? Did I make new money with these activities? You know, trying to save old money does not count because uh, other people can try to save your old money and you can get involved when you're like uh, almost right there on the cliff about to to lose the deal. But, and he found that like, like close to an hour to two hours was dollar productive. And by increasing that to four hours and then a five and then a six, he became massively successful. And as you would say, that's a nugget. 
that's right that's right all right cool number nine they understand culture in all aspects of their life and because of it are comfortable to say no to those who don't fit the or their culture all right so now i want you to define culture first because you know it's ambiguous word well it's not ambiguous if you know what your culture is but I think it's a word that's thrown around a lot and people don't really understand necessarily the, what it means. And obviously, everybody has their own culture. So let's talk about of these 200 top real estate agents, what does their culture tend to be? I, you know, I love this because over the last couple of years, especially as I've because recruiting seems to be one of the hot topics at every single mastermind. And, you know, the thing and really what it, so much of it boils down to is the people that have a, that have a high turnover of people so much of it goes back to the culture they've created and so just by watching this and studying this subject i actually had to learn about myself and about my, even my own company and so i love this topic because you know so i've studied the top sports teams i've studied the top real estate teams studied the top even business thing it was funny i, I was at a network genius network last year and I got to hear from the CEO of Whole Foods. All he talked about was the culture that they create in the office. When I met the guy who, who uh, invented the Quest Bar, who I eat two, three times a day. <laughs> um, and, and he said, the, the culture of your company is the most important. And so really what the culture is, the best way to define it is it's the standards that your company and your life, what you tolerate mm. and what's important to you. What do you stand for? Why do you, it goes back to number one. Why do you do what you do? What is your company's purpose, mission? What are the standards that you hold to that you will not deviate from? And someone made a comment one time, and I, I gosh, I forget the quote, but it said, your culture is only as good as what you will tolerate. So your if you tolerate- culture is only as good as what you will tolerate. Okay. So, for example, you look at – I remember there was a great quote um, that taught – there was uh, the number one place in the world to work. It was surveyed by, by Inc. Magazine, I believe, or Fortune Magazine. And it was a bank in Augusta, Georgia, where they had a sign on the wall that has zero slash 100%. So when asked what that meant, zero excuses, 100% accountability. Mm. There's, people don't make excuses. And they are 100% accountable for their actions. Mm. Is that your culture? You know, or I know especially with us with with the marketing that we use, you know, or the guaranteed sale program or different elements. If the team isn't bought in to the marketing and, and, and what they're doing, it affects everything. When, when they meet people on appointments, they might start to minimize certain marketing aspects that the team does. Or if the culture, if the culture isn't giving. You, get, you have a, a team member that's not a team player that becomes selfish. And the longer a, a team, a rainmaker tolerates that person, the weaker the culture becomes, the weaker overall performance comes. You see this all the time. You know, a, a, a team leader, and I've watched this where some of the best rainmakers in my group, they might lose a big producer on their team. I think Nick Shivers is a great example. Nick lost one of his top team leaders in his group. And he wound up doing more business the next year, I think about 130 million, than he did the previous year. Why? He said, I needed to clean the culture. And Nick's also a great example because I you know he's got, I think I mentioned in your notes that I sent to you about save a, save, sell a home, save a child, that program. Yeah. His whole team embraces that. That's what they stand for. So on every tell, list. Tell me about that because we, we I, I don't believe Nick's been on the show. So what, what oh, is that? Be, You'd love to have him on there, man. He's it, it's all about he makes he makes trips. I think about every two months uh, overseas, and he takes a portion of his money and he helps fund homes for children that really need help. And you know he's really passionate about it. He can. I'd love. Oh, you know what? No, he was. That, that's right. Now that you mention it, he he was, and that was really cool to hear. I think he goes to Guatemala to do that. He was on yeah. his way to Guatemala. Uh, two twenty, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to listen to Nick Shivers uh, sell a home, save a child, uh, that was awesome. That was a really good one. Uh, episode two twenty. Yeah, but but the point is, is that you know that's his culture. If you if you join his team, 
that's what it's all about. I remember uh, Dave Ramsey uh, in, in one of his when he talked about hiring. The last thing he does before he takes on a hire is he he has dinner with the spouse, and he made a comment about like because sometimes he said you might you might look at someone you're going to hire, but their home life is so different than what you think it is. Mm. Like he had a guy who was really talented, but his wife said, uh, you know, at dinner, y'all, uh, y'all are religious people, aren't you? He goes, he, he ain't going to fit that culture. <laughs> whoa, whoa. And, and so even though the man was really talented, he said, you know what? I could tell just by that, the more we looked into it, that it wouldn't have been a good cultural fit. Mm. And so, they, 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 they parted friends, but right. he saved himself a lot of time and energy of hiring the wrong person. So when, when somebody, and this, even with us, I mean, we, that's why I, I built this list. That's why I do all the interviewing for agents that we wind up taking on is because I really understand the culture of our group. And anymore, I'm not just looking for, for people who are willing to write checks. I really know what it takes to be successful utilizing this. It's not just a matter of run an ad and hope it works, but there's a lot of other elements that people need to put in place, and if they don't do it, they're really not a cultural fit. And that's okay because there's a lot of people that do very successful businesses that don't need radio or TV, and that's okay. But if they want to do it our way, they really need to do certain things, and if they don't want to do it, then I'd rather not waste their time or energy or my time and let them know, you know what, you're probably not a good fit. That's okay because you're doing fantastic. And there's a lot of other ways to be successful in this business. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. That was, that, that was a good one. Okay. And the last one you have here, Matt, is they recognize the greater happiness, parentheses, giving back, adding value. And they live with gratitude. They lead with gratitude instead of intimidation. So, you know, I'm happy that this is on here. Right. Because there is a perception that exists among agents that are not succeeding as higher as doing as much business. It kind of goes back to your bitter, not better, who see top producing agents as as jerks. You know, I mean, if you talk to them at a bar and you say, you know, what's your opinion deep down really of X, Y, Z, they'll, they'll flat say, you know, he's a dick. Or she's a bitch, right? I mean, uh, after a couple of drinks, that's what they're going to say because, and I'm not saying they are, but I'm saying that that's their perception of top producers. I know when I was a top producer, I felt like I was always fighting that battle that the people were like, wow, you're, you're so much nicer than we thought you were. And I was like, well, why did you think I was a jerk? You know what I mean? Where did that come from? And so it's, it's refreshing to see this uh, coming from the top 200 agents in the United States. It's refreshing to see this, but I want you to to back it up and prove to me, you know, that th this is really the truth and not just something Matt Wagner wrote on here. Um, because people listening are like, well, most agents that are killing it in my market, at least, are jerks. You know, I, I, I can think of a couple really good examples. And, and over the years... I think one of the most liberating feelings is, I'd, I say sometimes parting ways with uh, with other agents. There's only been a handful of times that I've actually chosen to let a client go that was willing to spend money with us. But a lot of it came down to, and I won't. I'm not one to name names. That's not. That's not what I'm about. But I'll, I can remember my wife, who doesn't work. She's not in the business, but she lives with me. And there was one time in particular when somebody was on the phone. She overheard the conversation. This agent was yelling at me, swearing at me, talking in a condescending way. And she said, who is that? Nobody ever talks to you that way. Mm. And I said, you know what? It's true. It's not worth it. So I parted ways and the, the, the next Monday and wished him well and moved on. And... You know, but more importantly, what I've watched with other agents is there's that you can lead by, and, and I'll, these, this is really a two-parter. I had to get this down to a top 10. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they kind of combined. Well, we got time. Let's do it. Yeah. What, what are the so, two-parters of, of this so, last one? Because it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. So when it talks about leading with gratitude, when you lead, it was interesting. I saw this, a, a survey done in the military. 
And when the military, what they found was when they, when the commanding officer praised his troops and told them where they would, you know, made sure they, they, they highlighted the one that did it right. Seven out of 10 scored a higher performance score. When he demeaned his troops, made him feel useless, three out of 10 showed performance, in, showed increase mm, in Because, you know, in a military, demeaning is part of boot camp, right? I mean, right. Um, and now after boot camp, I think they, you know, it's the same thing with like pledging a fraternity or whatever. You know, the whole thing, the whole pledge process is demeaning. Uh, as is boot camp, uh, but then afterwards comes the relief of hey, you're you're a brother or you're you're one of us. You're a marine. Never never leave a fallen comrade. You know that sort of thing. So you want a specific example? So I think of several people that I've really and I I do kind of it, as much as I love helping people grow their business. I love to learning from great people and what and the people I've been encountered with have made me better as a person. So Kevin Blaine is a Guy who to Larry California, I just I interviewed him because we're going to have him on, the, on our mastermind panel in a couple of weeks. Because I said, how in the world do you go from four hundred some transactions to close to a thousand in one year? And he and all read this isn't new construction, this isn't REO, this is pure you know traditional business. So among many things that he did, he's got sixty people on his team now that he's that he's added, but in his monthly team meeting. He makes it a point to to shout out to 60 different people things they did well that month so that everybody feels important. 60. Okay, wait a minute. So, so 60 members on the team. So basically, he writes down what did, uh, you know, he, he takes a phone list, let's just say, and he writes down something every month that one of his team members did right. Yep. And then he stands up and he goes, Margaret, good job here. Fred, incredible work here. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now he does section it into teams. So he might praise a team of three or four people. Because I said, how in the world do you do that in, in an hour and a half to two hours? He's creative with it. But the other thing that he does, it's not like the night before he's got to scramble and find this. He keeps a progressive list during the course of the month where, where, he, where he finds out how to do this. Now, that's just one example. But I also think... I remember uh, Lance Loken in Houston. Lance mm. has been an amazing fast streak in growth. And I got a chance to film at his office because we filmed a, a portion of our for our mastermind last year at his office. And just meeting his team, within three days, I must have had 30 friend requests all from people on his team. <laughs> and I asked, why is that? He goes, you know, you're part of the team. They look at everybody who mm. contributes to our team we view as part of the team. In fact, they would determine if they would hire somebody based on whether the team would vote on if they liked them or not. That's culture when you got buy-in like that. But I'll tell you, at times, you know, I've had people that have, like Lance, I mean, at times, not everything in the campaign has always gone great. There have been a few bumps in the road, but he leads with such motivation. The difference is you can do, you can Work for somebody because you have to work with them or they mean a paycheck or they make you want to walk through walls for them. And man, you will go, you will, you'll go to the ends of the earth for that person. And that's, a, I know like, I don't want, there was one client in particular who at the end of this year sent me a very, and I don't want to say it because I don't want to brag on it, but a very, very nice gift. But more than that, he sent me a five and a half page letter thanking me for how much this improved his business, thanking me, for, gave me specific things of his team of what they did, and then made me cry when I read about his dad and how the money he made, he was able to buy expensive medication for him and able to fly him to France to get special treatment. Wow. You read that kind of letter of gratitude, man, I would, I would, I would drop what I'm doing now and fly to New York for someone like that. Yeah. And, but that's the kind of thing when you can lead – People oftentimes, the reason they leave teams is they don't leave them because of money. They leave them, and I've watched this, this over the years. Often the people with the highest turnover haven't praised their people enough and haven't made their people feel special enough within reason. You could also go overboard, and you can, you can get people to become entitled where they start to develop a negative attitude, and it, and it kills your culture. 
But if you don't do it enough, you can lose good people. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it makes so much sense, right? Actually, so now, sense. I remember something you said, and I quoted it actually. When, when Charlotte Savoy was on your team mm-hmm. and she was ready to leave. Yeah. And I remember what you said. You thought, what can I do to make her feel special? And you gave her her own market that she could also work would be entirely hers. Yes. I still never forgot that. I've used that. Yeah, yeah. Talented people push you, and it's important that you, you know, give them more opportunities. That's, that's the thing. You have to give your best talent opportunities, or they're going to go out on their own and create their own. That's just the American way. And if I could add one more thing to that, yeah. as far as looking back, adding value, the one, the one thing I, that, that often seems to lack the most is a team. if you're a team leader, and if anyone's listening, really, really pay attention to this. Do you know in the hearts of every one of your team members what their driving passion is? Mm, do you it's know not what funny. their driving passion is? Okay. It may be paying off their, their, their mom's mortgage. It may be paying off, maybe going to France. It may be everybody's got their own inner dream that they want to achieve. And if you help them achieve that dream, man, they will forever be grateful and want to walk through walls for you. Mm. Wow. Well, Matt, this this has been incredible. I appreciate you taking the time to write down these and think about all the agents that you know and all the agents that you've dealt with over the past, you know, decade plus uh, in dealing with radio and television experts. And I'm going to put all of Matt Wagner's information on hybendigital.com backslash Matt Wagner with the number two. Remember, if you want to listen to his first one, just go to podcast number 92 on hybendigital.com. But but I'm going to put uh, this list of 10. I'm going to put his contact. Uh, should you want to see if there's some openings for getting Barbara Corcoran on TV with you in your uh, neck of the woods. And uh, Matt, thanks a lot, buddy. I, uh, let's definitely... Keep in touch, and if we ever are at a seminar or, or nearby each other, let's definitely get together and break some bread, buddy. Hey, drinks on me, buddy. Thanks again, Pat. Love what you're doing. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.